Hi, I'm Cornell. I'm Glenn Roy. And I'm Kareem. And welcome to the Fish Tea Podcast where three hair whipping, heel strutting Jamaican queens talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean, life in the diaspora, and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise. We're giving you everything, honey. Get in tug. We're serving you a hot cup of tea. Okay, so we're back. Yeah. With Back to the messiness, Lord. <laughs> Stress. Oh. Hey, everyone. How are we doing today? Hey. Good. Good, good. Uh, let me see. What did I do this past week? Um, a friend of mine had a book launch. I was telling Glenroy that I went to a comedy show the other day. Well, yesterday, um, featuring um, a group of Black women, mostly of Caribbean descent. So that was a good time. Uh, School stuff, fine. Volleyball stuff, fine. Life is good. How about you? Um, well, that was some better. That was some You said a, a comedy show with a group of Caribbean women. Well, mostly. Of- yeah, primarily of Caribbean um, descent. So it was organized by this um, playwright, actor, producer person by the name of Trey Anthony, um, mm-hmm. who is a square. Uh, woman of Jamaican descent, I believe. She was she was the one actually that um, wrote the play "How Black Mothers Say I Love You" that inspired our episode "How Black Boys Say I Love You." Um, so um, there you go. Here's I would have time. loved to have been to something like that. I've never. I don't think I've ever been to. Well, the one comedy show that I went to that feed, it didn't have any Caribbean women. Um, it was just men that spewed the same. Um, you know, narrative, a homophobic narrative and so on, but whatever. Anyways, my week was good. Um, I managed to get my application in for dissertation funding. So y'all wish me luck, send up some good prayers. Nobody, nobody pray, nobody pray against me. Come out just want to get the money so I can graduate. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Cornell was very, <laughs> Cornell was very instrumental um, in that. Lord knows I had him up at like one o'clock in the night making sure it was clear and it sounded like it flowed and all of that. So, big up yourself, Cornell. Yeah. And, uh, big up yourself, Kareem. Yes. And I think besides that, I had, um, I was sharing with Cornell that I got into a little tiff with um, this scholar who like has a big name in my field and, you know, had me a little bit shaken up a, um, a bit, but I have, you know, my friends in the high places, my good girl, my name Carol Witt. So, I was able to kind of navigate that without any, well, at least without any circumstances or any um, consequences just yet. And I'm feeling particularly productive because I prepped all my stuff for my class. It's up there and at midnight it goes live and it'll look like I had done it from three weeks ago. And honestly, I literally just did it an hour ago. So big up, nice, nice me. What about you, Glenroy? What have you been up to, Johnny? But before we go to that, yeah, yeah, I used to prepare that. So I used to look more prepared than the other girl. I must say. um so i think this has been a very productive week for me so um i so my students are i I enjoy my students this semester especially because we're not a teacher in concept law but my assignment twitter church for and then do it and then put look effort into it and then prepare for class and the conversation live now so so i'm excited feel like yeah them kind of Make me keep keep me on my toes, and I like that. I mean, I've not always had that. I've seen some pastors I've had to pull teeth. I mean, I like that. 
So that's good. Um, with my day job, <laughs> that's good as well. Things are going according to the way I want them to, you know, proposals. Um, I'm supposed to be getting somebody for my department soon. So yes, um, it, it's shaping up to be a very good year. So I'm excited for that as well. Um, oh, I'm gonna get sugared. Listen to me. I don't know what's going to happen, but at some point in my life, I need to get sugared. Big up my bad girlfriend, Richelle, who do my sugaring. So for those who don't know, um, sugaring is where you, it's basically organic hair removal. So instead of hot water, you use warm sugar. And what is sugar? I'm going to leg them. I'm going to bat some of my inner cheeks. And stuff. I'm going to tell you, when you're done, if you like your walk on cloud, it's nice. <laughs> I'm talking lavish and don't make my ears and stuff. Listen, I feel good. I mean, I so feel it exfoliates, you said? Yes, it does that too. Oh. Oh. And also, oh. so a promo from a friend from Just Sugar is the name of her business, you know? <laughs> and I'm currently still her only male client. Um, Someone feels special, so. Wait, only male client or only male client that you know of? No, only male client. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's not a reason to tell me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so what am I going to say? I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about that. I put my friend and I just sugar business. And oh, yes, also, the hairs don't grow back as quickly. Um, they're thinner. So, you know, it's nice. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say, after I'm going to do it, I'm show it off to certain people. Can you get your go? Yeah, you, the people. That's usually a lot of people, man. But, you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then I'm coming from another from a training. Um, a bit tired because of that, but it got done, and that's what matters. So yeah, excellent. Um, just for a quick thing, I also tried sugaring the other day. It was quite the experience. Any of I mean, well, you weren't in the same country. But I mean, I told you about this. Did you? I told you I got a whole oh, uh, a whole Brazilian situation then oh so sugar was part of it yeah it 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 hurt like a like a yeah like like the word that i don't want to say but damn mm -mm. oh really man so because i've waxed before once before sugaring doesn't hurt as much as waxing because they rip they remove and then they press and then it's gone so in terms of waxing hurts more so that's interesting well mine so wait well maybe they have a different strategy then because you know what? Maybe it was a sugar wax I did is what happened. Made they called it sugaring, on. but there was like hair being pulled. Yeah, no. So remember, sugaring is the pulling of the hair. So that is right. Happening. But I mean, it's the, the kind of the after. So the after burn you feel once after you wax, it's not as, it's not there as much with sugaring. Because literally after, you know, they, after they wax, they apply the pressure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. After they do that, you literally don't feel anything, and the sting is not as deep. But I guess maybe it's different for everybody. But that's true. Well, actually, actually, it was just it was more so the wax that was a bitch. That was that shit was hot. Make up on group and right no go find some <laughs> sugar. Yeah. Oh no, more than me a blow. Also, when I have time, take a walk over to my Instagram and see me and my sister, or from my Twitter and me and my sister Christy with our lip sync to Bills, Bills, Bills after with our exfoliator and stuff. It's that old vibe. I saw it. I love it. Yeah. I want to do that shit. In other, in other WhatsApp group. It's nice. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, but all in all, it's been a good week. Oh, it's not bad. Not bad. 
So what we're here today, what we're here to talk about, many people them know where them about to run up in here. <laughs> so today, the topic is, a long time I want to talk about that topic here, but the topic is body energy is a thing. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about Shibata statements. We're talking about what it means and how it functions and how we in the community organize around it. So simply this. I don't know if you remember, but I'm going to take on the truth. Remember back when Marvin pictured them did leak, he knew them did leak, and we did see certain things. I jump in at the video. I remember Shibata from Apicana. I ended up on Apicana. I said certain things about the video. And then Marvin, him now, take up himself, like him, I'm going to get vexed to Shibata, talk about him video. And I was say, oh, Jamaicans are this, that kind of country, and we can't have Shibata. I look upon him, what? I look upon his crotch, and I make comments. So Shibata, in the next Africana video, you know, make, him know, make the world know, say, from him, look upon Marvin, let me see the body energy I come out for him. So, I mean, and ever since then, I mean, me and my group of friends have been using, and this happened, I think, in 2018, so it's been a while now. But ever since then, me and my friends have been kind of using the language, kind of be playful. However, me feel like body energy is really something that we have. And when we talk about it and think about it, uh, so, so only you get to see the video? I know you didn't get to see the video, Kareem. I, I didn't know, I didn't, didn't get a chance to, my bad. <laughs> Kareem, get it? Girl, I should have watched the way name them. I watch the three minute one and then make it last and then the conversation all over again. So when I did that prep ship, I did it in the background. I tell him about Marvin. I oh, Marvin stay about. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> body energy is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. She be the bad, the bad. Oh, she be big up herself in the world for the culture. <laughs> but, yeah. So here's my theory. I feel like. When we talked about in the coming out episode, we said that, you know, we have different ways of knowing and understanding that we don't necessarily need to come out. And there are ways in which we spot each other. And I think what we look for is that quality, that je ne sais quoi, that is body energy. She about to give us a term, an experience that we have. Granted, it was being used in a very um, pejorative way with Marvin the Beast given the context. But we feel like all of we have body energy and we have it at different levels. Um, and come in a different qualities. For some way, the body energy are the way we dress. But I think, so it's, 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 it shows up in different ways, whether it is our dressing, whether it is our mannerisms, whether it's with how we speak. I think there's something that kind of, oh, well, jokingly calls it her, the razzle-dazzle quality in us. Um, but yeah, so like, even at the office the other day, <laughs> yeah, razzle-dazzle. Even at the office the other day, I was teasing Anika and saying, when we walk on the road together, you're the reason why everyone is staring at us. And then the whole office was like, girl, no. <laughs> <laughs> you are the problem. It's a look on your shoes. <laughs> I wear the regular shoes, they won't look nowhere. But because of you, it just look butterfly. And your body energy cause it. So I think there is a quality, an element that us square people can see each other. And I think that element is rightly called body energy. Only think. And for all my... um my American friends who are listening or who continue to support and listen to the, we're talking about what I think what we refer to here as the gaydar um, or your gay radar. So yes, but in our context, the body energy. So. <laughs> well, well, actually it might be useful then for us to kind of talk about those two terms um, because I'm wondering if there is a way that 
they actually aren't equivalent to each other because those of us who come across the idea of of gaydar, we were talking offline about how it's so often um, based on, I guess, like stereotypes or assumptions of what um, masculinity or feminine femininity is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, based on Benoit's description, Bati energy sounds more like something that's a bit more like ephemeral or like undetectable in a certain kind of way but still present but i also think it depends on who's using it right because like if i'm using gaydar i mean if i'm using gaydar i'm also thinking about glenroy's experience glenroy's experience glenroy's like explanation of um what bati energy looks like but if i think about for example i don't know like allies who think that they can detect that somebody is because they know like one other person. I think in that sense, then it's more lean, like leading to what Cornell was talking about, the idea of like stereotypes or um, societal standards of what masculinity or femininity should look like. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I think might be good? Let's work through stereotypes first. Let's work okay. through stereotypes and gaydar. And then I, and then I think, because I think I'm developing some other ideas about how body energy, because me thinks there's some straight people have body energy too. Couple of them have the body energy up in them. Um, doesn't mean they're queer though, or well, not queer in that LGBT sense. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. something to talk about. So, but yeah, let's talk the stereotype then. Okay, uh, actually, well, I mean, I mean, I guess we will get into this, but it's funny that you say that because I have friends who are in heterosexual relationships, but their male partners, um, I mean, in this case, my friends are women, and their male partners. Um, give me queer energy and that's not to discount the fact that they are or that they identify as um, heterosexual or straight but there is a kind of like vibe that is noticeably different um, which I thought was interesting but anyway I'll, I'll go with your itinerary and then maybe we'll get into that later so stereotypes start with after me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you okay. yeah uh, so I guess one thing I, I was I was thinking about and this might not immediately be an example of a stereotype, but I was wondering how we came to meet um, other, well, actually, well, how we came to meet like other queer identifying people in our lives. And so uh, I guess to start, a lot of, most of my friends at Woolmers were, I guess, a bit more on the femme side. So there might be a certain kind of assumption there. Um, I guess there was a more of an investment in things like fashion or aesthetic. And so maybe, I mean, if I'm allowed to say a certain degree of vanity might be, you know, apparent in some gay men that doesn't seem to be the case for straight men. That might be another example. Uh, let me see. So you think there's a, so, so, okay. That the one, there was one stereotype that, okay, when we're using gaydar, we're trying to look for a feminine mystique is right. one thing. But here's my question to throw a wrench in that or to kind of problematize it. Um, how, so when we're not on the yellow pages um, and when we're kind of going about our daily lives, I don't see cute guys. I think there's something that we can tell when we look at them. Oh, no, say, that's my daddy, so, right? Meeting kind of body energy, we'll see. I mean, I know if it's always femme people, we see the body energy in us. So what is it that we see? I think that's the critical question. What we'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, so, I don't know. I use kind of, so for example, I was in Home Depot the other day and I was shopping for paint and blah, blah, blah. So imagine 
me going through Home Depot, long nails, all these bright colors and so on in this like, I don't know, traditionally masculine space, right? It's a place where you buy, for those who don't know Home Depot, it's a place where you buy, um, it's where contractors go to shop for paint, nails, like all these other things that don't necessarily interest me, right? And as I was leaving Home Depot, so mind you, I wasn't making eye contact with any of the men in there because I'm just like, look, I'm in the able feet to there. I know that they're staring. My friend brought it to my attention. He was bothered that they were staring at me, but I just, I, I, I didn't want to bother myself with it. But as I was leaving, right, there was this one dude who came in and I just like, um, you know, and I was passing him. So I was trying to be polite. So I nodded to say like, you know, hello. And then he did the same thing back and I, I, I guess instinctively just said, how you doing? And then he like did a double take and be like, hey. And then like I kept going, but then it was afterward, it hit me like, blows on skirt, the man probably there tried to pick me up. Like maybe, you know, it's, I don't know. Like then the energy that was exchanged. But for me, it was just like his intonation changed and like his, the look on his face when he like saw who was greeting him changed and for me i don't know that was my indication that maybe that was a potential somebody that could have been look a side piece no <laughs> i mean it's it's interesting that you say that so i want to before we get into a conversation about how people um move in the world world and how we might identify uh back the energy uh to go back to glenroy's point about um, being on the yellow pages and maybe identifying certain things. One thing I was thinking about is I feel like, and perhaps, I mean, and I think this applies differently depending on what kind of, you know, sexual role people play, but I find um, queer men look differently, it seems, or it feels like on social media or on the apps. Um, part of that is queer men pose differently, I think. So they're trying to like draw attention to different things, um, or draw attention to different areas of their body than I think the quote-unquote average straight guy would um, to be the first thing. But then there, there was also a part of me that felt like gay guys also smiled differently in the face. And I don't know if I'm imagining in my head, but like, I thought that was... You're right, though. So the pose one is definitely true. I mean, you, you can go, you know, you, once you go through the girl in picture, no matter how much muscle she have, no matter how much... Or she try and mask up her body. When you see a certain theme in the pictures, you know something, something mm-hmm, to the energy. But you're right about that smile. There's a way, maybe if they can linger in a little smile, then extra glisten. We don't know where they get the glisten from. We don't have fear of those reach down in the teeth. There's something about all them smile that is different. And you're right, there's a change in tone. Right. But it's also, and I think it's also, you're right when you talk about poses, it's, it's how we, our posturing is slightly different. Um, I mean, it's straight, man, because them have all of the, the extrasexual privilege, they're more relaxed when they about them business. It's either we hypersensitive or we overconfident. But I think because we don't have the benefit of straight privilege, there's a posturing that we give off. Um, that, that happens in different ways. As I said, it could be either we are overly masculine to hide the fact that we are queer or, you know, we don't give a fuck so we have all the confidence in the world or we're overly timid because we don't want all that unnecessary attention on us. But we feel like the, the energy that are kind of work in its own individual way into kind of navigating the space differently because we understand us as queer people how that works. We see it in people. We see 
somebody trying to double taking because they're trying to make sure so them not show a certain part of themselves or somebody being extra because they're owning their owning who they are, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, and I mean, oh, go ahead. That's it. Or even that you recognize that they're extremely meticulous with their look, you know, something. And that's not to say there aren't straight men that are meticulous about their look. There are, and they're very much straight. But when we talk about energy, we talk about a way of being and a way of doing that may come from the fact that you are not the standard and you're, and you're aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I would just add that I think a lot of queer people have been forced to develop a kind of literacy around um, gender expression and presentation that isn't as conscious for uh, straight people. Um, so, I mean, if we're thinking about someone who grew up being teased for being too effeminate, that person has a certain kind of awareness of how they move in the world, what their body looks like. And so there is a kind of understanding of how gender identity or gender expression manifests um, being, being in terms of like Instagram photos or how we walk, how we, how we talk that might not be apparent in, in the same way. So, I mean, the, the point about the tone, the point about like um, the smiling or, or, or how people are posing on um, in photos or, you know, um, if they're out and, and, and about, I think that's part of the, the kind of that literacy that, we have, that we've had to develop over, over time. So are those things... Um, re- is that the back to energy or are those just things that we use to confirm the what we feel? If that makes sense. So we know the back to energy is a thing, right? Um, this like intuitive connection or um, seventh sense, because that's six we have, right? What a, a six a six sense of common sense. Jesus Kareem. What's <laughs> the, the, the seventh Girl. sense or something that we have. Um, <laughs> Like, are those, like, stereotypes what we use then to confirm? The pose, the posture, the, the whatever that they give off, is that what we use then to confirm what we are? Well, I think we kind of, there's a way to differentiate between stereotypes and, right. and posing mm-hmm. and what we're talking about. So I think with stereotypes, we know it goes for femme guys, right? So we okay. get this understanding that if you're gay, you're less of a man. And so you're looking for things that show you, even though manhood is constantly shifting, but we're looking for how far you are from that um, effort to look manly, quote unquote. Um, And I think that's one thing, but I think what we're talking about here in terms of a kind of consciousness of gender expression and that that consciousness coming out in how we operate applies to both um, people who are femme and people who are mass within our community. Um, And I think the constituent element of body energy is the ways in which using that as what Colonel talks about, that understanding of gender expression um, to kind of present yourself in a certain kind of way. And in that effort, I think the battery energy is the effort to, to consciously present yourself, whether as visibly queer or not visibly queer. And I think we're, because as Colonel says, we're aware of that, we can spot out that special effort that you're putting out. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to respond to Karine's point really quickly, I don't think it's just any one thing right i think it's a kind of like constellation of of things that like lead us to be like okay that person is likely queer in a particular kind of way uh so i was the other thing i want to say is um oh okay so the point about stereotypes a stereotype might walk around with you know like limp wrists and is you know they're holding their, their hands and such in a certain kind of way right so that might be one stereotype in terms of 
Bati energy or queer energy, one thing that I look for is a certain kind of um, like fluidity of 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 motion. There's a kind of ease um, to to the way, or kind of that lightness, perhaps of how someone is moving. Like it doesn't feel uh, if someone was trying to adhere to a kind of you know rich, straight, whatever heterosexual um, masculinity. And assuming I am explaining my thoughts accurately. I think we can use the same examples, but like they can be read differently. So it's not so much that the person has limp wrist, quote unquote, but it's like how they are, how their body might be moving in a certain kind of way. Yeah, but I think I want to kind of comment on something that you're saying about the lightness of move or rather conforming, attempting to conform to um, certain standards because in my mind, DL guys have body energy too. And I yes, okay, yeah. I should also be clear that I'm thinking of like career energy, but yes, you're right. Go on. Yeah, but so and I think when we try, when we go, we're, go, we're in the wild, quote unquote, and we find DL guys is because we know what energies to look for and the kind of consciousness of presentation that you're talking about. And when we realize that no, you might try too hard, you might try too hard to look straight. Right? I think that, that energy day, that energy day, in the extra effort, we can spot that, okay, this guy is, is dear. Like, he might, or that he looks really tough, but he might try to intimidate me a little bit too much with his stare, you know? So um, I, think it, I think that's an interesting conversation. What is body energy um, for masculine guys in our community? Or what is body energy for down low guys? I mean, I want to say too much, I mean, I want to blow the girl them cover. But yeah, what does that look like? Because it's there. And I, I think if what, we're looking for something because we're trying to separate straight guys from guys that are DL, uh, are guys that are masculine presenting who are trying to kind of just move without being noticed, but we know that they're there. How do we find them? And I think, um, and we can talk about it some more to kind of ventilate it, but I think we find them by looking for the body energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, just to reiterate, um, as you said, it is important to distinguish between um, like men who are on the down low versus just like masculine uh, gay men. Because I think the with the example that you gave of the person who was on the the DL, there's a kind of um, sense of being inauthentic that reads in a particular way, whereas some men are some men are just like masculine by by way of their bringing but it's not so much that they are hiding anything um but there is still a way to like read that queer energy in a different kind of way yeah oh but something else carry me ask something <laughs> <laughs> no so i'm thinking about um i was sitting here trying to figure out how to phrase it correctly i guess but i'm thinking about in terms of i guess a broader discussion of just not identifying another homosexual man but i feel like i have this intuitive ability to um i, I must have a word for the day intuitive um so there's a conversation about intuition though. right <laughs> um so like i i guess establish some type of connection with like another um tr- like a trans not another but like a trans identified individual um in the room and I feel like, so people always come to me and ask me, like, is that, and I'm, like, I don't, and, you know, not trying to out them or anything. I I often, like, deny whether or not I sense or feel that that person might be. So I guess, I, guess, I don't know, do you want to speak to that in terms of, outside of identifying another homosexual man or whatever is, right. what does the body look like? 
And, I, and what I will say in response to that is that I think for me, um, because I, and it could be because I don't spend a lot of times around, a lot of time around queer women, I mean, LBQ women, not necessarily trans women, even though trans women, mm-hmm. so cis, les, cis queer women, I'm not as adept as identifying body energy from them. So I don't necessarily, so it's hard for me to pick up lesbians, unless it's very obvious, it's unfortunate. Uh, which is why I think body energy is also a feature of upbringing. It's also a feature of, or rather learning to detect body energy is a rather a feature of experience and being around people and understanding their own experiences. Um, and I also because gender, gender, gender allowances that exist for women don't necessarily exist for men. So you can tell men have to navigate gender in a different way than cis men have to navigate gender in a different way than cis women do. So it's kind of easy to kind of see that effort, whereas with cis women, it's not always as readily identifiable. Oh, we, need to, we probably need to do a part two to this with queer women to kind of get... I would love that. How do, uh, what, what body energy look like for queer women? Is it, or is it even a thing? And I mean, I, I would say that it, I, I think it's further complicated when we think about... Uh, let's say trans women, for example, because there's an an additional layer to um, gender expression um, that perhaps we can't speak to with any sense of, uh, I don't want to say, well, authority. Yeah, we can't really speak to that with any, but I think we don't have enough kind of context um, to speak to that fully. Um, But it is something worth investigating, actually. I mean, for me, I think, there's something inherently problematic about persons trying to fight, trying to get a gay man to clock, quote unquote, because there is a lot, that's the language for it. Clock, right, clock yeah. Clock the yeah. tea. Um, and while I do feel like because I'm around a lot of trans persons through my own family, um, I am a bit more experienced in kind of understanding their energy different from body energy. Does it different? Um, it is. It's very different. I think, I myself stop myself when I feel like I kind of, because I low-key know how to detect certain energies and uh, based on an understanding of the experience. Um, mm. And you see trans girls do to each other all the time, or trans, trans women. Um, I have not been so similar. I haven't been around that many trans men. But I think also, they're, 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 so it's a whole different set of energy there as well. But I think from my experience with trans women, I see them with each other in terms of their ability to kind of spot and identify. And it comes from an experiential reality. And because of my proximity to that experience, I have some of it. So I think what, what happens with me is that if I'm in an appropriate space, I'll reach out to a, a, a woman um, that I can detect a similarity of experience with um, the people in my family, but beyond that, I, I try to resist the assumption that are are playing into clocking um, that particular woman because I think that it is itself problematic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I've I know or I've had conversations with with queer men too who um, treat trans women's uh, gender expression. I mean, and to, to Glenroy's point, as a kind of um, game around this question of you know who is quote-unquote real or is not real right. or who, who is adhering to some arbitrary definition of what femininity looks like and so I would be hesitant to yeah I mean I don't know I'll be careful about like going in in that direction I suppose um, but yeah we, we might we might want to reach out to to have that conversation 
yeah, we need to have a specific episode um, mm-hmm. about that because I feel like, I mean, all, all, all three of us doing this game, man, there, there's a limit to which we, we can have this conversation in a very safe and affirming way. Um, but I think Janet Marketing book talks about it a lot, and that's usually where that book in terms of authorities where I lean on for my understanding on top of um, my experience with um, the trans people that I'm constantly around um, and that, I, that are a former part of my family. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think there's yeah. a limit to we can venture into it outside of like battery energy, which forms a part of our own, our own experiences. That right. being said, we well, need to talk about the straight people in my battery energy, though. I'm feel like Sorry, good. what was the question? So when you talk about the straight people and we have batty energy. Yeah, okay. straight people. That so, but before, batty energy. <laughs> I, I wanted to, and I mean, this can maybe be a segue, but um, I wanted to mention that a, a while back, there was this guy that I dated. And so the story is, so we, we helping him to, to somewhere um, for, as, a, as a favor to a friend. And so we met and I was like, you know, why is my friend, okay, so my friend who was, who was also gay, I was like, you know, who is this straight guy that my, my friend is, you know, bringing to this particular place, or whatever, I was confused. Because um, the vibe that I was getting was very much like, you know, straight, church-going kind of, you know, energy. And um, he, the event, he said something about wanting to dance. And I was like, oh, you know, look at this. And it was a career event. And I was like, look at this, you know, straight man. Um, who feels so secure in his sexuality that he wants to dance with me. Um, so I don't, I'm not alone at this like queer event. So I was like, okay, cute. Good for you. So we danced. And then I felt something on his end from in the nether, nether regions. And I was like, you know what? It's, it's just a physical reaction. This has nothing, this means nothing at all. And so <laughs> <laughs> I found after, I found it after the fact um, so I was like, to, I was like to my friend, so like your your friend, like what's the what's the story there, and you know like isn't he straight? And he's like, why would you think he's straight? And I was like, oh, so he's he's not straight. So, but it's funny because I was talking to another friend of mine, and he was saying that there is also a way that um, queer men can pass as straight through the lens of being like church going people. So um, there's a way that. Uh, a certain kind of, for, for lack of a bit, a certain kind of, not flamboyance necessarily, but a kind of energy gets filtered through religion as being, so the idea of being like being proper or of being, I don't know, involved in a party. Um, if that person, we might understand that differently. So why did I go to a church person out of, instead of like reading them as something else? I thought that was a little bit strange. And if you disrupt the whole of the church, then one of the everybody can listen to this and look upon them quiet directed and listen. And everybody, mm-hmm. but Damien did talk about it though. <laughs> Remember, on I mean, last season, Damien talked about it when he said that you know the things that he was being praised for in church, his speech and his mannerisms and his vibrancy was also being demonized in other spaces. And I feel like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. there are many queer people, so the church, the arts is another one of them where that. Je ne sais quoi, that flamboyance, that energy is, is valuable. And so you, you almost buy yourself some, some, um, some leeway in terms of being labeled or identified. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's definitely a skip. But that's, that's one side of the coin. I think the other side for me, because as I said, I do think 
because there are some queer ways of being, which runs the risk of sounding essentialist. But for me, I think because of our experiences, we function in a certain kind of way. So for example, you ever see the girl in my class? When my class each other up on the live then? Now I was gonna say that in like the uh, like the Jamaican girl I have them do that, but like over here I've definitely seen what you're talking about. Well girl, we need to go for one of Batman them live or one of the lives of um one of the girl like some of the girls in Amsterdam with vexing each other and the map. <laughs> and there's a way them cuss. And it's not and it does, it's not reminiscent of even femininity. So just like when Dorian Court talks about reading and shade, there's that same element of gravitas. Um, Dorian Court, you know, Paris is burning. <laughs> there's that element of gravitas in the way that we will concentrate each other. And I think that's a part of, there's a special way that we oftentimes do things that some straight people are able, some straight men even are able to co-opt. And through that co-optation, them doing it gets heard as body energy. Mm, I need to look into this. Yeah, but you the girl and all we go for blood and all of them. Like we, I mean, and also how we style ourselves and how we push fashion forward. Um, and it's a part of that knowledge of gender presentation and really fully pushing the boundaries and all of that. And I feel like the straight men that we're around or the, the straight men who are comfortable and open, they in some ways, as I said, co-op some of that, share it, um, do experience sharing, and through that. When they're in the modern world or they're in like everyday life, you notice that within them. We say, ooh, mm-hmm, we think it's a body mm-hmm. energy or we think it's a kind of body energy. When it really low-key isn't, it's just like, because them don't want the girl, them don't offer act, but it is not representative of their own queer identities. It's just their proximity to queer experience. Right. I mean, well, to your point about fashion, like queer people have been doing things and engaging in practices for years that are only now becoming... Um, fashionable and now it's often like young straight white men that are being celebrated for um, certain kinds of aesthetics that have been around in crib communities for generations so what can you do? Yeah, if, that's enough to talk about boho. products of queer experience are appropriated now I wouldn't use that word but definitely appropriated by mainstream society perfect example is lip sync battle and how mm. oh. but then I mean, Drag Race does have a following and Drag Race is becoming more strict mainstream, but it's still not that mainstream. And it's always cute right. for Channing Tatum to just up as Beyonce to run the world and, and girls and, you know, celebrate it for it. But when Trinity K. Bonet does it, it's all, that's that gay thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So years that they did happen. But also, but also I think it proves the point of body energy though, because there's a way in which we can do the exact same things, but the quality is different. Right. And I mean, we, we haven't even touched on the kind of vocabulary that, uh, that I call that manifest in terms of vocabulary, right? Like to your point about queer ways of doing and being that also manifests in the way that we, and I mean, to, you were talking about the idea of reading how um, certain terms have also become mainstream in, in, in a certain kind of, in a certain kind of way. So what kind of vocabulary would you, were you thinking of touching on? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> see, well, now I can't think of any specifically, but like, keep, I don't know, people say, you know, I don't know. I can't think of any like good, I mean, because I'm just, I know that's happened particularly with the, 
the success of Drag Race, but I'm at a blank. Are you talking about like popular queer phrases that um have like found its way into mainstream people are now like using it? So I mean, simple words like gas queen or um, you mean phrases like those? Yeah. But even oh, in, oh my god! In the Jamaican context, you could think of so much. Um, like these days, everybody's like, "You come out, see? Oh, yeah, yeah, you come out. <laughs> you come out strong." Everybody is saying it, and the reality is, one, we we were saying it first, but two, there's a difference in quality when we say these things versus when the mainstream world says it. And I think that's the litmus test. Of, that's one of the litmus tests of body energy, the kind of, the special authenticity that comes with the use of our vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Do you also think, in addition to your point about like queer, queer ways of being, would you also say that uh, queer energy also, and I mean, I guess the implicit answer is already yes, but I'm curious to hear like what your extended thoughts are on this. But like, do or how does queer energy manifest in terms of love, you think? Like, how do queer people love differently? And, and, and I mean, this is outside of, like, like uh, intercourse. Um, I'm talking more about, like, how we cultivate relationships with people in our lives. Well, I think... It's Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, the challenge with, within our own context is that queer people have, never, have not always had the benefit of being able to love freely mm-hmm. and i think therefore i think the difference in our loving comes from the fact that we have to love quick or lose it mm. and so our relationships so our relationships get intense very quickly um and i think sometimes not for that this is not true for everybody but we fight harder and and, and oftentimes love harder and because also for some of us we're loving secretly I think there are all those kinds of tensions mm. about how we do it. Like there might be, a, for a lot of us, there might be an extra flair that we require or that we feel like we have to do because of the constraints. Um, and so that may very well be it. So, the, so queer energy, I think I like the idea that you present that queer energy comes from a certain kind of consciousness. Um, and it's the, the effort that be, because of that consciousness. And I think because we're conscious of, the difficulty with which we have to love. Um, like we have sex quicker. We, I, some, we say, I love you quicker, I think. Um, um, and we go through a lot of processes. Emotions, right. Um, mainstream couples would like some of us moving quicker because we just, we need a space right now to be together. And there are not that many safe spaces in the public domain. And so we're going through the cute processes quicker. We go through the unknown phase. I would start arguing quicker. You know, all of them stuff that happened at this accelerated rate um, until we, through all of the arguing and the fighting, if we happen to make it, um, we kind of decide to say, okay, let's work through a system that works for us. Um, but that's long after the cart, um, the down the horse, the cart gone before the horse, and you just, just swallow how much gallons are come already. Jesus, well, I, you know, you know, who? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, did I wow. get involved okay. with that one? Lord. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, Kareem, like, do you have any thoughts on any of that? Uh, thinking about like my own relationships that I've um that I've been in and just kind of thinking of how for 
the longest I, you know, that the stereotype that exists that lesbians go through that whole love phase, like six months is like six decades in a lesbian relationship. Um, and it's funny because like I would run with that stereotype, like, haha, you guys don't. But I'm thinking about all my other relationships and how we went through that process or that cycle that Glenroy just um just spoke about, right? Like really quickly. Um, and I think the only time I had actually not experienced as like now where he was insistent on like that dating period like oh i'd like to get to date you to get to know you like other times like huh this is different like this is weird like we meet you tonight but this man in front of by two nights in a relationship and they are i mean two days from that middle of it me in love with you and the love of my life so <laughs> yeah we cling and hold on to it because it once we let it go we will know when lost in that world enough being single and struggling to find it and then also because of the experience some people give up on the prospect of love so it's even harder then to find relationships i just wanted to so really quickly so i wanted to respond to glenn roy's point about how things happen um faster and how queer time is also um distinct from quote-unquote straight time and i also want to take note of the kind of precarity, as you mentioned, in terms of queer romantic relationships, um, and that the because our lives are so pre-freezing, so you're seeing men together um, might not just be a kind of, of romantic thing, but because like, I don't where to live right now, because um, either it might be an economic issue, or like my family kicked me out, um, or like whatever, you know, other reason, or other kinds of reasons that there may be. But I also want to um, take note of the fact that queer men's sociality is also different. So I've had conversations with friends, the fact that part of the reason why it's so hard for us to maintain long-term intimate relationships is because so much of the culture is centered around quote-unquote like looking best, um, best thing. Uh, And so that's also kind of like a broader issue. But my initial question about how queer people love differently, it was more so an invitation for you to think about how that shows up in our relationships with like friends right because i think i would say i am so when i say that like my queer friends i consider them family i think in my mind that means something different than when uh um and i mean i don't mean to discount the intimacy of like straight people like that's not what i'm trying to do here but i think the because and i don't want to be overusing the word precarity but because our lives are more precarious in a certain kind of sense relationships mean that much more. So there are a number of people in my life, for example, that I that I'm closer to whose lives, if I'm gonna be honest, are I'm probably more invested in than some people I'm like related to um, by blood. Like I think so I guess I'm just trying to figure out like how that might show up um, differently in your relationship with other queer people. Oh, oh Charlie. Oh definitely. Let's straight to the romantic something. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But I definitely agree with you. I feel like, well, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's safe to say that we value friendships more. But I feel like because of our reality, the the winning, the winning and lo- the gaining and losing of friendships affect us more. Mm. I think I'm, yeah. We're, we're searching. We're searching for friendships across experiences right. of pain and loss. And when you get somebody that you can build that kind of solidarity with. Mm-hmm. It, um, it's serious you become a family almost inevitably because you're able to for a lot of us share things with our queer 
um, people that we can't share with just any member of our family. Um, for some people who have that benefit, but a lot of people don't. And so they step in and become the shoulders you cry when your relationships don't work out because you can't necessarily cry to your mother, cry to your brother. So you cry to a member of your household, you cry to your best friend, who you now call your sister. And so there's, um, and there's also, especially in the same sex context, we don't have to worry that our friends want to fuck us because we, we already know we're both queer. So we, if it did not married, it would have married, I would get past it. <laughs> or if it never up married, it now get ever up married. Nah, nah, again. Right. So the kind, the kinds of way that we can throw ourselves into each other. Well, this is more so for queer men because cis women generally have this already. So the, the cis straight women. So the kinds of ways we can throw ourselves into each other's arms and be vulnerable with each other's. I don't think because of how masculinity works, cis het men have that. And I feel like that's how we're able to love differently. We're able to openly be vulnerable in certain kinds of ways, unless your friend is a messy bitch. I don't keep messy bitch friends, but we also have to clock the fact that in our community, messy friends is also a reality that um, we have to contend with in a lot of ways at a more accelerated rate. So there's that. But when we find true friends, I think we go all in because we, because one, there's no fear of it being corrupted by sex, but also because we're reaching across painful experiences and finding people that we can kind of show all of us too, in ways that even in our romantic relationships, we don't show that level of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I would just add as well, so you, you were talking about, uh, you know, your relationships with your, with your sisters, and we've gestured to this in previous episodes. I don't know if we took it up extensively, but there are, so for example, there are certain men in Mel who I would consider sisters. And I think the way you were talking about this on the, the previous episode, I don't remember which one it was, um, I think you would agree with this. Like the texture of the affection is is different. So um, I need, or my, my sisters are there in my life, quote unquote, for a particular reason. And they um, are there for me in a particular kind of way. Um, but then there are also queer men that I would consider brothers, but the texture of that or the color of that affection is also um, different and necessary and valued um, for a different kind of reason. And I think just to connect to our earlier conversation about like how we're detecting queer energy, that is um, what that looks like is different based on uh, where that person might fall, not only in terms of gender expression, but like their own kind of like personal um, energy as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I would, oh, go ahead, Kareem. No, I said I would agree with Glenroy's um, idea because I'm thinking about, I guess, kind of some of these like friendships or like on the heterosexual side that I've seen develop. And it's always kind of based on that exchange of something like, oh, you did something for me that was so great. And now, um, no, we're friends for like bonded because of this one particular experience or something. Whereas with this almost, um, so for example, I was, me, I was walking home the other day and this young man stopped me and he was like, oh my God, please, I've been walking around after stuff. I'm asking for, you know, money from people to get something to eat. I'm trying really not hard to cry, but I'm just so hungry. And, yada, yada. and I literally, like, I was running late for something else, and I literally, like, walked with him to one store. The store was closed, and then walked with him to, like, this other place, and I had him just order whatever he wanted and paid for it, even, like, we having necklace and so on. And for me, like, I was thinking, like, like, after, like, talking to him, like, based on, you know, 
just walking, I realized that he's a gay young man, or maybe that's how he identified, I'm not sure, but he's definitely queer. And um, in my mind, I'm thinking like, would I have kind of done that same, you know, gone through those lengths of checking multiple stores and just paying for whatever he wanted, even going as far as exchanging numbers, if it was somebody else. I'm thinking like when I'm driving or I see other people, I just reach into my pocket, there's a dollar fine, here's a dollar and I keep it moving. But I kind of like felt, I guess, that energy, right? Um, from him and I was just like oh my god like I would hate for him to be taken advantage of now let me just try you know get him something to eat and so on and so forth so I don't know I'm just thinking about how we express love or um, how we kind of that shared um, experience or that commonality kind of unites us to the point where it's like an instant bond yeah and I think it goes back to Cornell's kind of definition of that, or, or that kind of background of that knowledge of gender and expression. And I feel like, so because I understand the difference between sisterhood and brotherhood, um, I, I, there's a way in which I, I mean, I personally prioritize and, and prefer and, um, sisterhood because I feel like there are no holes bar. And I don't know that I have queer men that I consider my brother's brothers. I consider them just good friends. Um, and then I have people who are my sisters. So it's kind of different um, for me. Um, I generally don't keep brothers. I don't allow people to call me bro because I think it implies something that requires a certain kind of performance. But that's probably just my understanding and appreciation of it. But suffice to say, I think all of that goes back to a notion of we kind of understand the, the, the gendered nature of this relationship and, and therefore can work it and to our benefit. Um, and appreciate it for what it is, and 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 I and I can I can identify with what you're saying, Karim. Like if you see so, if you see a lost person who you can immediately identify with through, you know, you get the energy. There's almost a way of shit. This could have been me. Let's go, bitch. Let's let's get right. it. You know, there's there's a something that comes over you because you're responding to an energy, and that's not necessarily the experience for everybody. But I think the difference point, point in which a lot of us, um, through seeing the energy, kind of. Even if we're art odd, we often like it, it breaks us, it shatters our hard exteriors because, you know, that's, that's, that's family in the kind of the old time. Yeah. yeah. This has been a riveting discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. I, yeah, I didn't ex- did not expect it to go where it went, but I'm glad that it did. And I think it gave us much more to think about than we started with. Um, so, me still, yeah, I think we all agree about the energy is a thing, but it's we need a t-shirt. Listen, merch, merch. We need for Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, and is, is there anything y'all want to say as like final words? Mm. Um, I think I would just let y'all know that the 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 Bati energy, the Gator, it's a gift. <laughs> I don't know if it's that second, but I mean. If you have the ability to establish some kidship through whatever unspoken rules or unspoken force combines us, um, when you can feed into it, I just, I don't know, I'm trying to be more intentional with that, um, with establishing kinship, especially in, in particular places, like, especially when I'm on the track and there's not like a lot of queer bodies represented. If I see or sense energy, I try to kind of like lean into it somewhat so that I can. Um, and I found that by me doing that, I've been able to a lot of time like make people feel like way more comfortable. Um, at the conference that I went to in Arnova, my um, my roommate was a queer young girl, and when we kind of established that and 
it was like such a better experience for her at the conference because she had somebody that she could come ask the quote unquote dumb questions to because it was her first time um, at a conference ever. And it was just, I don't know, it was just wonderful. So if you can, and if you, you know, if you had the opportunity to, to establish that kind of, that level of kinship with somebody or that to, to sense them, especially in particular situations where it might not be welcoming, then I would, you know, offer you to lean into it and establish like you some great friendships have come like she's now a really good colleague of mine so I'm happy for that. Um, I would say that even though are able to detect queerness in others that is not an excuse to out them because that's a thing that sometimes happens just because people want to be messy. What I would also add to that is you might also, people might also find themselves in situations where they are able to read or detect body um, energy in people who haven't come to that consciousness yet themselves. And it's also important to give people space and room um, without kind of um, intention, but like still be available for support if that's something that's necessary. Because it's funny, I... There are people who I met who knew I was gay before, which I find really strange. But like they saw something in terms of how I moved in, into the world, moved in the world that I only came to consciousness about like much later on. And so, um, yeah, give people room to figure that out, um, so they don't end up with really unhealthy hangups about who they are as people. So, yeah. And to just wrap, finish off with that, that, that gives us two things. One, we have to recognize that Bati energy or the knowledge of Bati energy can be used to harm others, can be used to prey on others. So like Janet Marx says in her book, Redefining Realness, queerness makes you more vulnerable because people will use that queerness to make you a victim of something like sexual violence. There are predators out there who look mm. for that um, energy within younger people and exploit it because they know you're trying to figure out who you are. So we should be mindful of that one and two don't be messy i think we need to do an episode on what is and what is not messy because the girls in the community do messy things you know and we say girls you know we mean in our general center square counterculture but with all of that said um um thank you so much for listening as usual you know it was a riveting discussion please send us your feedback i would love to do and uh, we would love to do like an episode with like queer women um trans people uh, to talk about what energy, what definition of energies they work with and what that looks like in their own context. So please follow us on all our socials at Fish Tea Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. And if you want to email us your suggestions, your feedback, you want to be a part of the podcast, you can email us at fishteapodcast at gmail.com. And as we always say, say <laughs> Stay sophisticated. I <laughs>